Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. We are so glad that you are here, and uh, we're excited about all that God is doing in our church, what God is doing in your life, and uh, we're excited about uh, the women's retreat, the ladies' retreat. We believe you guys are going to have a great time, so make plans to be there. We try to keep that as affordable as absolutely possible, uh, so everybody that wants to be there can be there, and today... Um, we are continuing in our reset series, and last week, I want to say this uh, before we get into what I believe God wants to speak today. Um, last week, we were talking about, if you were here or if you watched online or caught the podcast, we were talking about spiritual gifts, and uh, over here to the left is my wife, and I there are a lot of times I stand amazed, and I know that um, there are still a lot of us that that you may not completely understand um, all there is to know about spiritual gifts and how God works in that way, but uh, we believe that he's going to enlighten you and and uh, as as uh, we try to teach on those things and stuff. But I, I'm amazed a lot of times, and many of you may have experienced it, at the way that uh, my wife has this gift of operating, and she does this with me too. I'm going to try not to cry. <laughs> um how she allows the Lord to use her prophetically. And I know some of you may not know exactly what that means, and, and but you probably experienced it at some point. <laughs> um, but how she allows the Lord to just speak to her and show her things, specific things uh, that, he wants to, that he wants to speak to specific people and specific groups of people. And so I believe that today is a uh, it's a moment in time where there is a specific word that God has given her to speak to you to speak I believe in a prophetic way over you over your life to you and so come on will you put your hands together and help me welcome to the stage <laughs> my wife Amanda guys. Um, I'm honored to be able to stand up here and share. It is um, just sometimes the Lord puts something so strong on my heart and he had given me something a while back and I just told Gabriel, I was like, you know, I just feel like he's given me something and this, he said, okay, we're, this is the series I'm in and I really feel like this is when you need to share and so I'm here and I'm excited to be here. So um, will you join me as we pray before I get started? God, I just thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that is with us today. I pray, Lord, that you speak through me. Father, use me today. God, it is not about me. It is not about my words, Father. It's about you and your heart for your people and what you want to tell them today. So, God, I pray, Lord, that in every move that is made, in every word that is spoken, in every song, in everything, may you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, today we are still in the series Reset. And I'm going to be talking to you about a specific word, cling. 
And the English dictionary for the word cling is to adhere closely, to stick to, to hold tight, as by grasping or embracing, to cleave. The Hebrew word for cling is davak. I had to look that up and hear how it was pronounced. But it means to cling, to cleave, to keep close. So it's not a new word. The word cling is not something that's new. But one thing that I've noticed in the last several months and, and this, this question that kept stirring in my heart and in my head was what are the things that we're clinging to? What are you clinging to? And there are many things that we tend to cling to. It may be our own understanding, our insecurities, our own abilities, our, our desires, TV shows or series, social media, food, news, fears. They can even be good things that we tend to cling to. But God never designed for us to cling to any of those things. And, and I just began, I was just asking the Lord, like, how do we even know what we're really clinging to? And I just felt like he said, what is it that you run to? What is it that you tend to run to? And in this moment, in my own time with him, I didn't like what I was seeing that I tend to run to. I tend to run to social media to escape and, you know, check out mentally, tend to run to food for comfort. Many things that we may run to in this world that will bring us what we think we need but they don't. In our culture, even now, more than ever, we have so many resources, even good things that we could cling to. But what if we don't need something new to cling to? You know, I I love this time that we're in, and and I'm going to be honest, like the Lord's just been speaking to me. I'm doing a new thing. But through this, he kept saying, but I didn't say cling to something new. I said, I'm doing something new. And, and I think many times we tend to cling. Well, well, I'm struggling, so, so what do I need to go to? Listen to some more podcasts. And don't get me wrong, podcasts are good. I listen to them. Read some more books. Don't get me wrong, I read them. And, and I love, we're, we're called to grow, okay? So don't, don't misunderstand me. But we're not called to cling to them. What are you clinging to? Are you using the TV because you need rest? But let's get real. After we watch hours of TV, do we really feel rested? No. No. We're searching for things, looking for what to cling to. But he's who we need to cling to. And specifically, what I felt like he kept saying was, I need you to cling to the cross. And I'm going to try not to cry when I say this. But I just kept feeling like he kept saying, for so long we've worn cross necklaces, and it's, it's great, right? What the cross represents. But all the while, I think we've actually grown numb. We've, we've kind of quit thinking about what this symbol, it's only a symbol, so don't get me wrong. This, this beautiful cross that, that is, is right here, it's a symbol, of what he did pales into comparison I believe to what his the cross he truly hung on and the picture but we all we're all gonna cling to something but are you clinging to the cross you're feeling tired you're feeling physically ill are you clinging to the cross or to the words that the doctor said to you 
and I am not trying to minimize what you're going through, but I just felt so strongly, what are you clinging to? What are we clinging to? We are called to cling to the cross. When we cling to the cross, that's when we find the true rest that we need. It doesn't mean we can't do physical things like we call it chill at our house. It doesn't mean we can't chill. Chill by all means. God's called us to rest. But when it comes down to it, what are you clinging to? What are we clinging to? Because the cross represents love. The cross represents hope. The cross represents freedom. The cross represents joy. And it's time that once again we remind ourselves of what this cross represents, what he did for us. There was not one thing it didn't cover. There wasn't one sickness that, oh, that one didn't make it on the cross. There wasn't one mental struggle that didn't make it to the cross. When he bore that pain, he said it was for every single bit of it. For the physical, for the mental, for the spiritual, it was for all of it. For the struggle that you face today, he already knew it. And he thought of it. And he said, the cross. There's a song, and it's just played in my head over and over and over again. And the cross has the final word. And that is so true. The cross has the final word. But, you know, I'm sure you can guess I'm not, I'm not very old, but I have grown up in church. And there was a song that we used to sing all the time, the old rugged cross. But there was one line, there was one line that just kept playing in my head. I will cling to the old rugged cross. We want God to do new things, but we don't need to start trying to cling to new things. We cling to what he already did. Nothing else needs to be done. Don't get me wrong. He may tell you, I need you to go do this. That's different. That's obedience. But he paid the price. He did what needed to be done. It's all been paid for, bought, covered by his blood. Whatever you struggle with, you can leave it at the cross. And I believe that it's time that we remind ourselves that he's bigger and what he did on the cross is bigger than anything that we face. And, and I think that, I'm going to be honest, even I'm, I'm kind of guilty of it when, I, when I, I've grown up in church. since I've been in church since I was tiny. My parents talk about that we never grew up going to children's church. We grew up sitting with my parents. And, and the thing was, so, I mean, I've heard a lot of messages about the cross. And I'm going to be honest, I've kind of become I'm, I'm kind of guilty of this myself like grown numb to not really numb but quit really thinking about the value the the there's no number there's no price there's there's nothing that's large enough to to really cover what this cross is but we hear a cross message and we're like yeah I've heard that before mm, I know I know what he did for me I'm fully aware and I'm thankful But are you truly making the cross and what he did for you bigger than what you're facing right now? Because I think it's interesting. We can see miracles upon miracles. And and yet when we come and and we're we're short in, in this month's budget, and then we're struggling again, and we're clinging to the numbers in our account rather than clinging to him. And I'm guilty. I, I thought about, we, we just finished watching the series of The Chosen. And if you have not watched it, I highly recommend it. But, you know, something I did not realize was that Thomas was with Jesus when he performed the miracle of the wine. Then the same Thomas that was with Jesus 
that he said he got labeled Doubting Thomas, right? He saw the very first miracle. And then still, when it came to Jesus, he still struggled. And I just wonder, what was he really clinging to? And, and so many times we look for, um, one of the things that I just heard this last week was we look for our five senses to justify what we're seeing. Well, I can't see it. I can't hear it. I can't smell it. I can't whatever. But God is so much bigger than our five senses. So much bigger. Romans 8, 11. If you have your Bible, turn with me there. I've barely even gotten to my notes. Lord Jesus, I'm going to have to stay closer to my notes. <laughs> Romans 8, 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his spirit who lives in you. Whew. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't know if you heard that or not. I just feel like I'm supposed to read it again. Romans 8, 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, if he lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also, will also bring your mortal bodies, my mortal body, not just mine, your mortal body, whew, to life through his spirit who lives in you. Hebrews 12, we've heard this many times, but it says, therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance, anything, this is Amanda's side note, anything we may be clinging to, let us lay it aside. And the sin that easily ensnares us, let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. And I love this because here, Pastor Gabe's up here talking about the enemy likes us to be lying down. We can't run our race if we're lying down saying, I'm too tired, I just can't do this anymore. What are you clinging to? Are you clinging to the hope you have in Jesus? Or are we clinging to him? Or are we clinging to, I'm sorry, the things of this world, the struggles that we're facing? And I'm guilty of the same, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm preaching to myself up here. But he says, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source, and perfecter of our faith for the joy that lay before him. There's joy that lay before him, and he knew it. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I believe that there's many things that come with the cross. Words can't. I can't say enough words up here. I believe that, you know, there. it wasn't like Jesus was up on the cross and named every single thing. Because he covered it all. But there's four points that I have today that I believe that when we are clinging to the cross, when we are clinging to him, I hate to keep this up there because it's such a pretty cross, but I want you all to get the point. You're clinging to him. Maybe. I'm gonna, okay, there we go. I just feel like, okay, there we go. Um, but when we're clinging to him, there's four things. We are made confident is one. First John 3:28. it says remain. And if you look up the definition of remain, it's actually very similar to the definition of cling. So that when he appears, you may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Romans 8, 31 through 37. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? 
And we, we, I, I often quote that one part, but then I kept reading. He did not even spare his own son, but offered him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more has been raised. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We are, sorry, we are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And I believe that through this confidence that we find in him, not in ourselves, not in our own ability, not in, not in our bank account, but our confidence in God, in Christ, in what was done on the cross, we are reminded that we're made more than conquerors, just like Romans 8.37 tells us. Because conquerors choose to cling. Are you clinging today? Jesus already made a way. All we have to do is walk in it, John 14.6. As conquerors, we can't compare. Funny thing about comparison is comparison leads to us not having confidence because comparison's either going to do two things. Comparison's either going to make me think that I'm greater than you, which leads to pride, or it's going to make me think that I'm lesser than, and that's going to lead to shame. And neither one of those are of him. Yet we tend to do it. We tend to compare. I tend to compare. But as conquerors, we have to focus on the cross to be made confident. Revelations 14, 12, and the, tran- the Passion Translation, we are called to endure and be faithful and cling to the faith of Jesus. Our insufficiency helps us press into Christ's sufficiency. And that's a good thing. And I think so many times we look at our insufficiencies and we say, well, that disqualified us, yet it leans us into his sufficiency, not my own. Second Peter 1.3, the Passion Translation says, everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. Not by yours, not by mine, but by his divine power. Point two, one, we're given confidence. We're filled with confidence. Number two, we are given clarity. And I believe that a huge way that we're given clarity is through his word. But, you know, in these last several months, there has been the furthest from clarity. <laughs> I don't know about you, but in my own head and heart and, and in the people and people all around, just the clarity and peace. It's just, it's not there. But I believe that when we cling to the cross, we have clarity when it doesn't make sense. We have peace when it doesn't make sense. You know, I, I know this lady, and she has this iRobot vacuum. Have you, any of you have ever heard of that? It's like one of the nicest ones. I have a little off-brand, and it does a pretty good job. She has an iRobot. She has never read the manual, and I asked her about it the other day, and I said, do you ever turn that on? She goes, oh, I don't know how. Two years ago, she said, girl, I paid over $400 for that thing. I don't know how to work it. But how many of us are like that? That God has placed everything within us. 
Then he's given us his word, like the owner's manual, like the operating manual, that tells us how to operate daily, tells us, shows us and gives us clarity for our purpose and our calling, and we just say, I don't know how. And our Bibles are collecting dust. It's time that we pick it up again. Because he can't open it for us. He gave it. He inspired men to write it. But you and I get the choice to open it. So open it. Get your instructions for the day. Get your clarity. Get what you need because everything you need is in this and in him. We've got to cling to the cross. Cling to his truth. Because times are going to come. Today you may walk out and you're like, yes. It's clear the Lord spoke to me today because I believe he's going to speak to some of you today. Not by what I say, but what he says to you. And you're going to feel clarity. Then tomorrow morning's going to come up. And it's going to be crazy trying to get your kids to school maybe. Or things are going to feel like they're in array. You know, life happens, right? And then we start feeling a little, little less clear-headed because we're clinging to the things that are happening rather than clinging to the cross. Praying in the Spirit, and once again, we're going to be teaching on these things more, is something that God has given us. It's a tool God has given us for clarity, for strength, for all that we need. Psalm 119, 105 says, His Word helps us see. His Word brings clarity. <laughs> I didn't say that. He said that. Acts 2, 28. You have shown me the paths that lead to life and your presence will fill me with joy. What does his word say that his joy is? His joy, it's our strength. So no wonder the enemy doesn't want us in, our, in his presence because that's where we're going to find his strength. Tells us that in Acts. Number three is we are filled with compassion. Confidence, clarity. Number three, we are filled with compassion. Pity feels bad and doesn't act. But compassion is the love of God moved to action. 1 John 3, 16 through 18. 1 John 3, 16 through 18. I'm reading from the CSB version. This is how we have come to know love, that he laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has this world's goods and sees a fellow believer in need but withholds compassion from him, how does God's love reside in him? Little children, let us not love in word or speech, but in action and in truth. In action and in truth, Galatians 6, 2 tells us to carry one another's burdens. Our serving and doing isn't to earn God's love. It can't be the root of what we do, but it's a fruit of why we do what we do. Because if it's the root of why I do what I do, I'm going to be exhausted from trying to earn it. But the price that was paid on here, his love is given freely. It's not something I have to earn. It's given freely. And from that love that I operate, out of the love he has for me and you, we operate and we have compassion for others. We have compassion for others, which leads us to move it leads us to action. But we have to let him work through us. So we do it for him, do everything unto the Lord, and let him work through us. 
through us. It's not about my strength. It's not about my talents. It's not about my abilities. It's not about yours. It's not about your insufficiencies. It's about his sufficiencies and what he can do through you. Psalm 86, 15. But you, O God, are both tender and kind, not easily angered and immense in love. You never, never, never quit. Which leads me to my final point. We are called to be committed. We are called to be committed. Galatians 6, 9, we've all heard it. But it says from the message version, I I just really like the way the message version said it. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up. If we stay committed, I believe is what he's telling us. If we'll stay committed, if we don't give up, we'll reap that harvest. Even what I... Even what I read from in Hebrews 12, the endurance. The endurance requires commitment. And I'm going to talk. I'm not going to read the entire story. I highly encourage you to do it because it's become one of my favorite stories in the Bible. But it's about the woman with the issue of blood. And you can find it in a few places in the New Testament. But I really like in Mark the detail that's given about this story. Mark 5, 25 through 34 so, so here's this woman with the issue of blood, and she was declared unclean, right? And technically, they're supposed to say, like, they're supposed to stay away from people because then they would, if they touched them, then those people were made unclean. It just wasn't a good thing. But this woman heard about Jesus. And one thing that I think that we could learn from this woman in the Bible was she was committed She was committed and desperate to get her healing. Even though coming out, she could have been stoned to death. You know, they had the legal right back then to stone her for being out among everyone. So she was taking a huge risk. But she was more committed to clinging to Jesus and what he had for her than she was to her own safety and her own own self, her own sickness. Twelve years of clinging to this sickness, and she had to decide, I'm done. And maybe your commitment looks like today, I'm done clinging to this addiction, I'm moving forward. Maybe your, your commitment today looks like God had called me to this, and I'm not quitting on it. I don't know what your commitment looks like today, but we have to decide, like this woman with the issue of blood, that we're committed. You know, I was studying this, and and theologians and and people that have studied and it kind of makes sense right that she probably instead of walking and being so evident as she walked through the crowd she had to get down on her hands and knees and crawl to him to be able to touch him and I love in Mark where he says who touched me I felt power leave me she didn't have to say a thing all she had to do was come to him and cling to Jesus cling to him and she got her healing and I believe she got so much more than that but it required her commitment not only for herself but who knows who she touched because of her commitment that day I don't know about you but many days I don't find myself on my hands and knees coming to the father clinging I wanted a certain way I wanted a a certain time yet we're called to cling no matter what, to cling to the cross. 
And so my question for you today is, are you clinging to the cross? What are you clinging to? Will you stand with me? I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Pastor Gabe's going to come. What are you clinging to today? But that's not for me to determine. We all have those things that we cling to. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And I want to challenge you with something. Ask Holy Spirit, what am I clinging to? I think it's all our heart to cling to the cross, to cling to Jesus. But it's so easy to find ourselves clinging to other things, things of this world. If you're not feeling confident today, if you're not feeling clarity today, if you're not feeling compassion today, if you know that you're not, you're not being committed today, then ask Holy Spirit, am I truly clinging to you? The cross magnified God. He died because of his deep love for his father, and his father sent him because of his deep love for you. Somebody in here sees other people as worthy for that deep love, but not yourself. But even if it were just you, he would have died still. We need to stop clinging to the news more than we are clinging to the good news of the gospel. Because he's bigger than that. I'm not telling you to quit watching the news. I'm just saying, what are you clinging to today? We need to stop clinging to fear and cling to love. You know, I thought for the longest that the opposite of fear was faith, right? Because faith is believing without seeing. But I asked Holy Spirit to show me what the opposite of fear. And you may disagree with me today, and that's okay. But I felt like he said the opposite of fear is love. Because he is love. And just like 1 John 4, 8 says, God is love. And then he also tells us in 1 John 4, 18 that his perfect love cast out fear we have to stop clinging to food for comfort when our heavenly father is the only one that can bring true comfort we have to stop clinging to the things of this world to qualify us whether it's going back to school whether it's reading the books whether it's listening to the podcast i'll tell you the truth this last year was really the first year i started enjoying reading again Because for the longest, I realized that I was reading to be enough to qualify myself when he's the only one. Don't get me wrong, I still read, but I enjoy it because I'm not reading to earn his love and approval. I'm reading to grow. He has to be our source, not books, not podcasts, not things of this world. He must be our source. And then he will lead us into all things that are good and pleasing. I really felt like today that we're supposed to take communion. But today I pray that it's a different experience for you than it's ever been. Not because I'm the one up here, because Pastor Gabe's going to kind of step in and, and help with the communion aspect. But because you're taking the time to really pause and recognize what we're doing. Because once again, I've done this since I was little. And I've taken for granted the drinking of the juice and the eating of the bread, the cracker, and what it truly represents, what he did on the cross for you, for me. So I pray today that as you take it, 
and you drink that blood, you envision him covering those insufficiencies. You envision him covering those addictions. You envision him covering that sickness. And as you eat that cracker, that you envision the pain that he bore on the cross for you, for me, so we could live free, not bound, not full of excuses and reasons and and laying down like Pastor Gabe mentioned. The enemy will pounce on that. Don't lay down. Get up. Keep believing. Keep hoping. Keep clinging to the cross. It's our only hope. God wants to do something new, but stop trying to find and search for that something new to help you do it. He is all you need. The price he paid on that cross, it covers every bill, (laughs) whether physical or spiritual. I don't care how long you fought that addiction. I don't care. He doesn't care. You know what? It doesn't matter if I don't care. Jesus doesn't care how long you fought that. He said it's not too long for me to overcome it in you. His spirit is alive and well. And you may say, I don't have the strength to do it. Well, good news today. He does. So whatever in you may feel weary because of physical battles or spiritual battles or mental battles, you can cling to the one who paid it all and who has it all. (laughs) And good news is he lives right inside of you. So his spirit has given you everything you need today to be who he's called you to be, to fight the battles that you are fighting because we fight from a place of victory. So we're going to take this communion today. And I encourage you, don't just drink it right as he says it, just because he says it. Drink it because you know what it's covering. It's covering it all. It covers it all. I may not have mentioned your ailment today, whether physical or spiritual, but he already knows it. He's already named it. You let him show you today. You ask him. This is between you and Holy Spirit. You may say, you know what? Well, I feel confident. I feel clarity. I feel compassion. I feel, you know, whatever you feel. I feel committed today. Or you may say, I feel none of those things. You ask Holy Spirit today, am I truly clinging to you? Am I truly clinging to the cross? You know, it may result and he may show you, I want you to take a break from that thing you've been clinging to. I want you to fast it for a while. I want you to lay it down before me. That's between you and him. If you want to tell someone else, great. We're going to have people up here praying and they're going to be here to pray for you. To come alongside you and pray words, cover you in words. that Maybe something you know you need to come lay down at the cross. Maybe something you know you've been clinging to. And you know I've got to re-cling to the cross. Because it's a daily thing. Yeah. I've got to cling again this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, guess what? Something just happened to work. I'm re-clinging. Jesus, I'm re-clinging. <laughs> yeah. Cling to the cross and what he did for you what it did for you because it covers it all.
I love this opportunity that we have to, Jesus said, and we're going to read some scripture, but at the end of all of this, he said, do this in remembrance of me. To remember his death, to remember what he did for us. And this is what the Bible says. It says, the Lord Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is or this represents my body which is offered as a sacrifice for you. Do this in, I love the Amplified, do this in affectionate remembrance of me. And we're going to eat together in just a moment, and we'll drink together in just a moment, but I want to do this. I want to offer an opportunity. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I just want to lead you in a prayer. And if, if you feel right now, you feel the Holy Spirit drawing you and you know, right, I, I need to make this decision. I need to give my life to him. I need to surrender everything to him. I need to make him Lord and Savior of my life. And let's, let's pray this prayer together. Just say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for laying down your life for me. Today, I give you my life. I receive your forgiveness. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you lived a perfect life. You died on a cross for me. And on the third day, you rose from the dead. You did all of that to give me life. And so today, I ask you to save me. Thank you for saving me. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.